When was the last time you attended a slumber party with your girlfriends and discussed issues on your heart? If you're like me, it's been quite some time. Hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz and I welcome you to tonight's Mommy Jammies Night. This is a time for you and my friends from around the world to join us live. Put on a comfortable pair of pajamas, pull up a chair, and settle in with your favorite refreshment. And prepare to be blessed as I welcome tonight's guest. Well, hi and welcome. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm the host of tonight's Mommy Jammies Night, and I have a wonderful guest that I can't wait to introduce to all of you. But first, I'd like to share a moment, um, just a little bit about how Mommy Jammies Night began and what you can expect this evening. So as a homeschool mom, it was difficult for me to attend mommy get-togethers hosted at various locations. You know, it was often at someone's house or at a coffee shop. And in fact, I was a host of many of these and probably, like you, cleaned all day and got the kids settled and often sent my husband out with the little ones so I could entertain the other moms for like an hour or so before they returned. And it was often so much fun, but something I really couldn't do on a regular basis. And so Mommy Jammies Night Monthly was created. And this is our fifth year of Mommy Jammies Night, Um, actually our second year on this network in particular, the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. And so this is a time to sit back and listen to -to heart-to-heart sessions that are beyond anything you typically hear at a homeschool conference or church or even at a get-together in real life. It's a time to kick back, wear comfy clothes, and listen to our special guests. And you know what? These sessions are meant to be uplifting and encouraging, and best of all, they're live, which means that you have some interaction with other guests here. I wanted to share with you some of the guests that I've gotten emails from, as well as some that would share with us um, when they're here live. And we've had listeners from all over Uh, such as Mexico, South Africa, Asia, Australia, England, and even Germany, and some islands that are so small I've often had to look them up on a map to see where they are. So wherever there's an Internet connection, you can listen to our sessions. And what's more, after tonight's live recording, you can listen in the archives, which some of you are doing right now. This is Episode 21. You can find us at mommyjammiesnight.com. So how do you listen? Well, you just go... On the website, you can download the episode. It streams via iTunes, Google Play, or any podcast app on any of your devices, whether it's a Google, Android, or iPhone. This network is sponsored by Media Angels, so visit MediaAngels.com for more information. And tonight's broadcast is coming to you from Homeschool Adventure and our very special featured speaker, Stacey Farrell with homeschooladventure.com and also her blog, which I just love the name of, onlovingjesus.com. So Stacey's going to tell us a little bit about herself as well as share with us tonight. So Stacey, before you get started, um, I am going to pray for you, but just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your family. Well, I'm a homeschool mom who's homeschooled from the very beginning. I have two sons, one of them 16 now and one of them 17, fast approaching 18. So um, I've been at this for a little while. Um, I also, um, some years ago, and actually 15 years ago, was diagnosed with cancer and had a Mm -hmm. rough couple of years. Obviously, at that time, my um, sons were very little, and um, it was pretty traumatic, but it also calibrated me in a way that I will forever be grateful for, Um, really helped me recognize the fact that we all have an impending appointment, and we will stand before the God that loves us and that is um, reaching out to guide us through this life. And so um, I have reached out to grab hold of his hand, and he is the head of our homeschool, the head of our household, and really the, um, you know, always the focus, um, at least I I pray that he is always the focus of my attention. Oh, that's, that's amazing. And as you're speaking, I was thinking about the scripture about you know, being um, purified in fire. And and sometimes when we go through those hard times, that's where 
you know, like you said, you're recalibrated and the Lord just, you know, makes us into the person, shapes us into the person um, that he wants us to be. So um, I, I can't wait to hear your session, Stacy. And if I could, I want to um, lift you up in prayer tonight before you get started. That would be wonderful. Okay. Well, dear Heavenly Father, we just praise you and we thank you for this session tonight. We just praise you for Stacy's yes to coming this evening, giving up her time with her family uh, in order to bless us with with her talk tonight. And I ask, Lord, that you provide for her, that you give her uh, the grace and the infilling that she needs to be able to share what you want her to share with all of us, Lord. And I know that that, uh, she has words prepared that she wants to share and bless us with. And I just ask that everything goes smoothly, um, that you help her as she's sharing tonight, and also a blessing upon our listeners, those who are here live this evening, and those who will be listening in the days and weeks and even years to come. So we just praise you, and we give you all the Glory, Lord, and thank you uh, once again, Stacey, uh, for coming on, and go ahead and uh, you can begin your session now, and when you're done at the end, uh, just give me a cue, and I'll pop right back on, and we'll take some questions from the audience. Wonderful. Thank you. Well, before we get started, I would just like to ask everyone who's joining us tonight to make sure that you have a piece of paper and a pencil because um, later on I'm going to ask a few questions and it would really be a blessing to have you um, just jot some notes. So, um, okay, getting started, the uh, title of this session is Don't Run From the Mirror, Why You Need to Teach. It was 1 o'clock in the morning when the title and description of this message came to me. I didn't fall asleep that night until after three. You and the community of homeschooling families were on my heart and mind as I prayerfully contemplated what I might say that could benefit you and what you might need to hear. I realized that if I was willing to be vulnerable and transparent and resist the temptation to sugarcoat any details to make myself look good, I might encourage you whether you are struggling to decide whether to begin homeschooling or to keep homeschooling despite the challenges you face, or even if you're simply trying hard to do the best job you can to raise your children. If your experience is like mine and those of homeschoolers I know, even if everything is going well in your homeschool today, just wait. There will come a day when you will encounter difficulty, and discouragement. But if you think about it, in every significant area of our life, whether our marriage, our family, our friendships, in every area, at some point, we encounter rough terrain that must we must find the resources to push beyond. Why would homeschooling be any different? Thankfully, I find my strength in Jesus and everything in my life calibrates to his loving authority. I realize this might be quite different from your experience, but I suspect we yet have much in common, and I pray that tonight you will leave this time we have together with new resources to help equip you to overcome some of the challenges you will inevitably face as you seek to give your children the very best education. Let me begin by telling you a little of my story. I'd never even heard of homeschooling until my husband suggested that once our firstborn son was ready for school, we might want to homeschool him. And frankly, as a professional woman of the 90s who now found herself the mother of two preschoolers born a mere 19 months apart, I was looking forward to the day when the kids would be in school and I could resume my career and focus once again on self-actualization. I was a writer, and I needed to write, or at least I thought I needed to write. But I didn't have time to write as long as I was busy chasing and picking up after these energetic little ones. However, 
I do deeply respect my husband, and I've found him to be a wise and reliable counselor. So I did start to research homeschooling, and I soon began to see its many benefits. For example, it offered the chance to give my child what was traditionally a rich man's education through one-on-one tutoring. Homeschooling would allow me to cultivate a love of learning in my child and so create a lifelong learner. And I could seize opportunities to communicate to my child what I believe and why I believe it. I soon realized my husband was on to something very important. Just as I'm thankful for my husband's leadership, I have learned not to underestimate the influence we all have upon one another. And I try to use that fact constructively. I know that I will be changed by the company that I keep. And so I try to be really intentional about seeking out people from whom I can learn or with whom I can share something I have learned. I also believe that God is active in our lives and cares even more about our growth and character than we do. And so I was not at all surprised when, through a series of happy accidents, I found myself invited on a homeschool field trip to a local farm where I ended up meeting an amazing woman who became my homeschool mentor. I vividly remember being seated between my four- and five-year-old sons on a hay bale in a tractor being pulled on a wild, bumpy ride alongside a cornfield by a tractor driven by a homeschool mom. Today, her kids have long since graduated, and now she works works the land with her husband. But at that time, her primary occupation was farmer's wife and homeschool mom of two very bright and articulate teenagers. She had to be a pretty amazing driver to navigate through the steep hills upon which we traveled. Once, once we had safely arrived back at her barn and my sons had thoroughly enjoyed petting bunnies and kittens, chasing chickens and ducks, and mooing at the cows from a safe distance behind the electric fence, I engaged in a brief conversation that made me realize this homeschool mom was a deep thinker who passionately loves Jesus. Speaking of the command he gave us to do unto others as we would have done unto us, she explained that God loves those others, and if we mess with them, not only do we ignite his anger, but we break his heart. Wow. I hadn't thought of it that way before. Reflecting upon her heart and the character qualities displayed by her children, I decided to ask if she would become my homeschooling mentor. And so began a mentoring relationship that has since blossomed into a dear friendship. Our hearts are knit together. This is so because in order for her to effectively counsel me, I had to be really vulnerable and honest with her about what was going on in my homeschool. At times, that was really painful. I remember one phone call where, with great embarrassment and difficulty, I confessed how, instead of teaching my son how to write his letters and numbers, I had started folding laundry and washing the breakfast dishes. And then I wanted to declutter our workspace. But then the telephone rang. And while I was on the phone, my mom stopped by for an unexpected visit. And before I knew what happened, it was time to cook dinner and bathe the kids, and another day had ended. Of course, this could happen to anyone on occasion, but a similar series of events had happened throughout the entire week. I felt like a failure. I feared for my son's future. I timidly asked this woman I deeply respected, who was doing a superb job of educating her children, a farmer for heaven's sakes, With an unshakable work ethic, I asked this woman for feedback after my confession. After a brief silence, she calmly said to me, Welcome to homeschooling. Oh, what a grace-filled and liberating response. I love that woman. 
do not for one minute suppose from her answer that she held less than rigorous standards for her students' academic achievements. In fact, a few years after I met her, both of her children excelled on the SATs and were accepted into programs at the University of Illinois. But because my mentor and friend had traveled the path before me, she understood where I was in the journey. At the crossroads of beginning, a place of discovery, taking my first look into the mirror. After my first look into that mirror, I wanted to run. As difficult as that was, I don't think my experience was unique. When we undertake to home educate our children, our homeschools become mirrors of sorts that reveal our weaknesses as well as our strengths. The title for this session that came to me at 1 a.m., Don't Run From the Mirror, Why You Need to Teach, was inspired by many conversations I've had with discouraged homeschool moms who were considering giving up and wondering whether they had what it takes to teach their kids. If you're considering homeschooling but are afraid you do not know everything you need to know in order to teach your kids, or if you are already teaching them but have days when, because of your shortcomings, you wonder whether you should be homeschooling, I have good news for you. Although you're probably right, you really don't know everything you need to know, and your shortcomings really do need to be addressed, neither of those issues disqualifies you from homeschooling. In fact, they are precisely why you need to teach. In the course of my research on homeschooling, I encountered a particularly profound statement by homeschool pioneer Lori Bluedorn that has since challenged and encouraged me throughout our homeschool journey. Mrs. Bluedorn explained that, although our children need to be taught by us for their sake, we need to teach our children for our sake. Let me repeat that last line. We need to teach our children for our sake. The whole family benefits when parents decide to home educate their children. When, as parents, we assume the role of our children's teachers, we are confronted with significant issues we might otherwise evade. We get an education. And as part of that education, we have the opportunity to learn some truth about ourselves we could otherwise evade but never escape. At this point, you may ask, do I really want to be educated? As I already mentioned, for me, that first look was frightening. It made me want to run. There are so many unflattering issues to face that I could otherwise try to ignore were it not for that mirror. But whether I ignored these issues, they were real and carried with them real consequences, seeds that would sprout with time. What kind of harvest did I desire? I had a choice to make. Would I defend or examine? Would I seek truth or would I seek to fortify my defenses? I could look at those habits that undermine my teaching efforts or I could rationalize why they really weren't a problem. After some uncomfortable wrestling, I decided there were some habits that had to go, like oversleeping. All my life up to that point, I struggled with oversleeping. Now, if I were willing to rationalize that oversleeping was really not an issue for me, despite years of evidence to the contrary, homeschooling would allow me to dodge the bullet of having to get my kids ready for the bus every day by 7 a.m. We could all be cozy, warm, and happily snoozing away at 7.15 when the neighbor kids stood on the corner in the freezing temperatures waiting for the bus. And yes, that is one luxury of homeschooling. But I remembered something from back in the day when I managed a law firm, how the lead attorney talked about the great advantage the early riser had over his late-rising adversary. He strongly agreed with the cliché, the early bird gets the worm. What did I want for my children? Did I want them positioned at a disadvantage because they, too, developed the habit of oversleeping? It might be a luxury for us in the short run, 
but it was likely to be a detriment for them in the long run if their idea of normal was sleeping till eight or nine every day. It soon became apparent to me that what we did on a daily basis would become what my children would perceive as normal, regardless of what the rest of the world did. That was a sobering realization. It caused me to ask, what is true freedom? To sleep late or to choose to rise early of our own volition? Knowing that because of the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ, I am loved unconditionally, gives me the courage to face unpleasant truths about myself. What helped me overcome this deeply entrenched habit, besides persistent prayer, which is a key ingredient in everything I undertake, what helped me was the urgency of knowing that if I didn't deal with it now, I would pass it on to my own children and it could become their lifelong struggle. One of my favorite bloggers, Canadian homeschool mom and author of 1,000 Gifts, Anne Voskamp, drew my attention to a quote from Erasmus. Habits are overcome by habits. Let me repeat that. Habits are overcome by habits. And new habits take time to establish. So, Whenever I seek to establish a new habit, I am greatly encouraged to remember these verses from the Old Testament book of Lamentations, 322 through 23, which says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Despite the prior day's failures, each morning brings the opportunity to make a fresh start, to begin again. Habits are overcome by habits, and new habits take time to establish. When I wanted to overcome the habit of sleeping late, I prayerfully considered what new habit or series of habits I wanted to establish. No doubt, given a safe environment, a place to be honest and unafraid, each of you could identify your own habits that have the potential to undermine your homeschool. Right now, I'd like to give you a few minutes to write down three habits you'd like to change. Just give you a couple of minutes. And while you're jotting down, I just want to clarify, for in our home, I really placed a value on rising early. Um, But I also understand one of the blessings of being a homeschooler is it's not a one-size-fits-all. Each family really has the opportunity and really the responsibility to discern for themselves what best supports your family's goals. So um, I would not make a blanket statement that every homeschooler should get up by 7 a.m. I wouldn't even make a blanket statement that the feral household should always get up at 7 a.m. For me, this was more about the fact that I had a chronic habit of oversleeping that troubled me and caused me um, grief throughout my adult life. And that is what I did not want to pass on to my children. I didn't want my um, my grief to become their grief. Okay, for uh, each habit now, if you've got three written down, I'd like you to write down a new habit that you'd like to have take its place. Often, when we bring things out into the light, they lose their power to defeat us. When we begin to talk openly in the appropriate setting about the issues with which we struggle, we're often surprised to discover how many other people are wrestling with the very same thing. 
Now I would like you to think of at least one person with whom you feel safe. Write down that person's name. If there's more than one, you're richly blessed. Write them all down. And I want you to plan to talk with them about your old habits and your plan to establish those new habits in their place. There's power and accountability. Now to just talk about just a couple of little homeschool-related um, tips, I guess, or not really tips, just things that I discovered in our journey. Um, when it comes to educating our children, I sympathize with the person who cries. But there are days when it's really hard. But, you know, educating our children, it's just too important for us to bail on that. As I said earlier, when we undertake the task of educating our children, we confront core issues that would otherwise be cloaked, hidden but not harmless. If we didn't homeschool, we'd be wrapped up in our lives apart from our children, not wrestling with matters like how to cultivate the habit of attention in our children. That can be a challenging one. I believe that just as many of our troubles today are at their core character issues, the most important training we give our children is likewise about their character. Character trumps academics at every turn. It's not about smart, it's about character. And character is caught more than taught. I used to feel guilty about holding higher standards than I could live by. But I slowly awakened to the obvious. Did I want my children trapped by the same shortcomings and weaknesses that seemed to entrap me? I want to tell you a little story about salt, sugar, and broccoli for breakfast. I was blessed to have a mother who cooked for us. For the most part, she fed us healthy food, but much of what we ate was bathed in salt and sugar and butter. It was tasty, and it trained our taste buds. Late in life, both my parents suffered from high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity, health issues exasperated, if not caused, by their eating habits. As the mother of babies ready to enter the world of solid food, I became aware of the fact that what I fed them would become the standard of normal in their young lives. So I determined I would feed them a serving of green vegetables every day before giving them cereal. Always a green vegetable first. Did I follow through on that decision? Thank God I did. Did I personally live by that standard? Sadly, I must admit, I did not, though I have been known to munch on a garden fresh zucchini or a cucumber for breakfast on occasion. But today, if we haven't had a salad for a few days, my 16-year-old son, Ryan, will tell me he's craving romaine lettuce for breakfast. Both my sons love broccoli and eat every kind of green vegetable without adding salt or sugar, or butter, rather, excuse me. Do you suppose their arteries will thank them when they turn 50? But if I had worried about whether it was ethical to feed Ryan broccoli while I was hiding in the kitchen eating oatmeal cookies for breakfast, we might have had a different outcome. Now hear me loud and clear. If I'm holding my children to a standard that I'm not living up to myself, that is a problem. One of two issues needs to be addressed. Either I need to reevaluate the standard or... I need to humbly seek help to move closer to a standard I have thoughtfully determined to be legitimate and desirable. We must resist the temptation to rationalize. We must not move the standard just because we fall short of it. Do not grow weary of doing good. Perseverance pays off. Speaking of perseverance, just as a weightlifter experiences pain as he builds muscle, your children will encounter pain as they learn to push beyond their current limitations. But the process itself can lead to amazing results. Some important questions to ask, both a, ask as both a parent and a teacher is, are you willing to allow your children to experience disappointment, discouragement, frustration, or a sense of failure as part of their learning process? Are you willing to be firm with your children when they exhibit a reluctance to complete an assignment? As I said earlier, character is caught rather than taught. Be intentional when you choose who will influence you and your children. 
You're the master of your homeschool, and so you are ultimately responsible for determining your children's coursework. However, be aware that if you enter into a co-op setting, students will influence one another. So a lack of diligence on the part of one student can easily undermine the attitude and effort on the part of another. Right now, uh, back to our notes, I would ask that you would identify standards you'd like to set for your children in three areas, such as study habits, eating habits, and how they treat others. I'll give you a moment to write them down. But um, this is really a bigger issue than probably could be covered in a couple of minutes here, so I would encourage you to revisit your notes when you have time to more think to think more deeply about this. Always remember, you're training your students' character. That's why you have to go after their hearts. With character, they'll grow into teaching themselves what they need to learn and have the ability to pursue and attract their own mentors. I've heard parents complain, but I can't teach my own kids. They won't listen to me. I'm sorry, but if you really love them, you will engage in that battle. And when you win, everyone wins. If you really want to love your family and your friends, learn healthy conflict resolution skills. And don't take it so personally when your kids push back against your authority and instruction. Truth be told, we all struggle with authority at some time. And frankly, we fight with ourselves. So why should it be any different for them? My homeschool mentor, Beth, directed me to a book that truly gave me all the information I needed to discipline my children with tender love and consistency. Some of you may be familiar with it, Shepherding the Heart of a Child by Ted Tripp. Through that book, I came to realize that I engage in the hard labor of disciplining my children for their ultimate good, not for my immediate convenience. Consequently, I can be confident when I discipline them that although neither of us enjoys the process, it really is necessary and best. You know, after my first look into the mirror, I wanted to run. Later, when I mustered up the courage to take a second look, it was still pretty scary. But with the support from a few trusted companions, I began to wrestle with the weaknesses revealed in the mirror's reflection. Now, when I look in the mirror, believe it or not, I'm encouraged. Although that reflection is far, very far from perfect, I can clearly see that a transformation is in progress. You've been entrusted with the education of your precious children for only a short season. Savor it. Struggle through it. Don't shy away from the truth the mirror reveals. Wrestle with it. Stay the course. And one day, when you gaze into the mirror, you will be amazed by the new person you see reflected. Thank you. Thanks, Felice. Oh, Stacy, thank you. Um, a lot of thought-provoking questions that most of us are saying we're going to have to listen to this audio again so that we can really uh, think about the, the questions, um, you know, that you asked us. So thank you very much. You're welcome. My pleasure. Okay. I, I, need to, um, I need to think about these questions again. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It's so funny because whenever we give these sessions, it's really like, you know, the Lord's talking to us. You know, it's that whole you point the one finger out and the three are pointing in. Amen. You know, so, yeah. Um, okay, so there was uh, a couple of things um, people were asking for you to repeat. I'm not exactly sure when, but I know um, – 
you you listed some things, um, three things at the end, and I'm not exactly sure what uh, it is that they're. Can you repeat three, those? Sure. Um, standards that you wish to set for your children in three areas, and the three areas that I suggested it could really be any any area. Mm-hmm. Um, right. This came on the tales of um, talking about how we set standards and even if we're on our tiptoes and still not reaching them, we don't want to move the standard. The standard really is, the striving um, is really a great part of the whole process. And um, the three areas that I would recommend, um, or the three areas that I suggested, study habits, eating habits, and how they treat others. And really mm-hmm. all three of those, in a sense, are character issues. Right. Study requires discipline. Eating requires self-control. And how they treat others is obviously character. Right. Okay. All right. So that's what they, yep, that's what they wanted. Okay, very good. I just have to say, I am so privileged and encouraged to share this message. Um, It just, I found that um, when we're transparent, instead of putting on our happy face and pretending like everything's just hunky-dory all the time, um, it's, uh, we can, we're empowered to encourage one another, and um, the troubles that we reveal um, get transformed when they come out into the light. And so um, I just really am grateful for the ladies who joined us tonight and, and their encouragement and their transparency. Yeah, we appreciate it. Okay, so... Um, there's a question here, and it's from Anita from Glen Ellen. Um, she says, I absolutely love homeschooling my child. However, I'm overwhelmed by so many amazing resources that I find and don't want to miss out, yet it's impossible to get through or use them all. How do I decide which ones to keep and which ones to toss? I feel like a hoarder with those resources. <laughs> I know we're both laughing. Nita, we're laughing with you, not at you here. Um, we used to joke and say, you know, if we ever had a fire, the first thing that we were taking, um, you know, were our books because, you know, we love our books and we love our resources. And, and um, you know, except, so. Except how do you run out of a house with 10 bookcases? <laughs> right, right. You know, um, I think many homeschoolers, uh, just by our, our nature, um, we can tend to be curriculum junkies. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us can really do homeschooling without prayer, uh, without literally just, you know, being on our faces at the start of the day, asking the Lord to lead us. Um, I think of the scripture verse, in his heart a man makes his plans, but the Lord determines his steps. Um, the I think something that I would um, really encourage, and I'm I'm speaking, uh, I'm preaching to myself here. Um, oftentimes there are so many choices, but if you really just sort of shake it out, you can determine what is the best choice. What for your based on um, your child's stage of development, um, your child's interest level, your um, the immediate, um, just whether you're involved in a co-op, whether you're um, just your circumstance will make it clear to you what is the, you know, what is, what are the supreme resources to reach for. When you have many different choices, um, it's just good to take a deep breath, pray, and go for the gold, go for the best. And let the other resources that you have be supplemental. You can refer mm-hmm. to them to kind of, um, if they fit in with what else you're doing. But, um, yeah, and, and if and if you're really overwhelmed, then um, perhaps pick a number, um, the, a reasonable number of resources, and go through what you have, pull out the, the very best, say you want to pull out the very best 20 resources 
to seriously consider and push everything else aside and really um, concentrate. When I say 20, I'm, that would include, you know, um, living living books, you know, fiction, literature, as well as curriculum. I, I hope that's helpful. Very good. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And one of the things I would say is, is don't chuck everything yet. You know, I know some of you, um, like my daughter, are, you know, neat, neat freaks, and she can't stand a book on her shelf that isn't something that she's using, which normally and typically comes to my house. The new rule is if it comes to my house, you have to take it out of the box and put it somewhere um, because, you know, I, I get these boxes of books that just remain in the box. And, and so, and then she comes here looking for books, and and so we we, we swap back and forth. But um, you know, so a lot of times you may not think that you need a book, and then later you look for it. So that that was the point of that story. Um, the other is sometimes things change, and I tend to to keep books and I group them in subjects so that I can find them. And, um, you know, I remember one, one year I had one in the clouds and one under the sea. I had one son that loved anything to do with space, and my daughter was into oceans. <laughs> I said, well, you know, can we get some meeting point? Maybe let's study the earth, you know, and we can come to a, a meeting place of the minds, meeting of the minds here. But but um, it was amazing because I had had these books that I felt were sitting there forever, and then they were getting used that year. So, you know, especially if they're resource books, that's always something you're going to keep. Living books, I love that. Um, In fact, um, contract is being signed as we speak, so I guess I can tell you uh, that we've got um, Michelle Miller coming on as a podcaster soon who is, you know, that's what she talks about is living books, and we did a couple of podcasts on um, Vintage Homeschool Moms, so go listen to those if you're not familiar with the term living books and what that means. Um, and um, and then also look at your children's um, uh, personalities because I know um, one of the things that I regretted more, especially for one of my son who, sons who we thought he was going to go to college just to play sports, and it turned out that you know, he made the decision, thank you, Lord, um, that that was not a good reason to go to college because he was going to take over my husband's construction company anyway. Um, And so, you know, I I wish I had really geared more toward vocational kinds of things than I did with him, not that learning is ever lost um, or wasted, but I know that he would have enjoyed some of his high school years better. So, you know, just keep those things in mind. Um, and then we got a couple more questions here. So one of them, I'm going to let you have this one um, because it, it kind of sounds like me sometimes. Um, it, it says, uh, I loved your session, Stacy. Thank you so much for sharing. I'm, I am, and this is from Kate from South Carolina. She goes, I'm stressed and unorganized. I need help. <laughs> what advice can you give me? Mm, stressed and unorganized? Yes, unorganized. Uh. Again, you know, years ago, I listened to Norm Wakefield give a message about, it was the parable of the sower, Mm -hmm. and he talked about um, the seed that uh, was choked out by the um, thistles and thorns and the deceitfulness of wealth. And I went up and I talked to him afterwards because I was in a phase where um, I had, my parents had passed away, my basement was filled up with stuff from inheritance. Um, I Just a variety of things caused me to be surrounded by clutter. I was like up to my eyeballs in clutter, and some of it was my own doing. And I just, I remember talking to him and saying, you know, I'm in that place. I love the Lord, but I just, I feel like I'm, my fruitfulness is being choked out. And I, and it takes so much time to reduce clutter. It's not like you just get a shovel and it's gone. I mean, it's most of us, our clutter is, it's valuable stuff that we feel a stewardship responsibility to rehome. And so, um, so I was really struggling, and he gave me some advice that really proved to be true. 
he basically said, not in these exact words, but he basically said, when your heart is right, your world will be right. That really um, my environment was a reflection of my my inner being. And, um, you know, I just, it's might sound cliche, but I really encourage people to make make your first priority, first thing in the morning, greet the Lord. First thing in the morning, pray and ask him. My prayer is, Lord, help me do everything that you've planned for me, not one thing more, not one thing less. And over time, um, he transforms us. And so if you're disorganized and it's, you know, it's you're just in a painful place, um, the first thing I would do is encourage you to pray. Because I, I know for so many of us, I know Felice and I both um, were kind of talking about this earlier, you know, we both were so loaded down and with things too much to do. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately, I think that's really a sign of the times. I, I think so many of us are just... This is the age of information overload. We are right. we are bombarded from every angle. Um, so even if we are an organized person, it's there's just so much coming at us that um, it's really difficult. But when we make it a priority to seek the Lord and to ask for His help and to acknowledge our weakness and ask Him, you know, He promises us His strength will be made perfect in our weakness. When we cry out to him and say, help, I'm struggling here, um, he answers. He delights to answer. And so that would be, you know, that would really be, I mean, there are things, there's books on how to get organized, and there's all sorts of stuff. But I think really it's true that as we um, find that calmness, that internal calmness, and pray for uh, discernment and focus, um, a lot of the externals um, are get worked out a lot easier. Uh, there's one other verse that comes to mind, and that is, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so um, I hope that's helpful. Uh, I think that's wonderful, and I think a lot of what you just said um, would go along with this next question here. Um, and it's, um, how do you get things done when you're faced with taking care of loved ones that are terminal and your family as well. Homeschooling is a have to, but so is taking care of those you love. I feel burnt out and the worst is ahead. Yes, and I understand that. We had that in one, in like a a year, we lost my husband's mother, my mother, and my father. And mm. um, that was just a couple of years um, after I had cancer and we had medical issues um, with a, another family member, and we moved, and so it was just chaos. And one of the things that I realized, um, we we need to recover from institutional thinking. You know, there are a lot of lessons that we need our children to learn. And as I said, it's about character. Um, the greatest commandment is to love God. That's uh, closely followed by love your neighbor as yourself. There's a, one of the Ten Commandments is um, honor your parents. Um, it's a big deal to care for people um, in need, uh, family members um, coming up on the end of their lives. And there are lessons that are precious that are taught during that time. When when we were in that place, um, we my sons brought their schoolwork with them. They worked while I served. And, um, you know, I think a lot of the academics will be forgotten, but the lesson of how you love people, um, I pray, will stick with them forever. And especially, and this is just kind of another thing that I'd like to mention that I would have liked Mm -hmm. to have mentioned earlier. You know, when I look at my sons, I pray that I treat them with the same respect that they that I would desire them to treat me with when I'm old and frail, when it's my turn, when I'm dependent upon them. And um, some of how they treat me may um, link back to how they saw me treat my own parents during that right. time. Yeah, very good. 
You know, and I, I think, too, that sometimes we get so bogged down with what we need to get done um, at this time and during, you know, this year and all of that. And um, if you have to do one thing, I would just say, you know, read to your kids, um, have them read great books, uh, do math and write, and that's it. <laughs> You know, you can you can learn so much history and science through reading. And, you know, even though I'm a big experiment and hands-on person, I mean, there are seasons when you're just going to have to, you know, kick back. Um, we had some, you know, extended family issues. Um, my mother-in-law fell, and it was all winter long um, between, you know, the nursing home uh, taking care of her. She's back home now, thank God. Um, but But it just was you know, four or five months that was, you know, our our schedule was just skewed. And so I had to do a lot of rearranging, and one of the outcomes is we'll be doing some school during the summer. And I've just taken, you know, the curriculum, looked at some things, and said, you know, here in a nutshell is what we need to finish. No, we're not going to hit every chapter. We're going to get the main ideas. And I think that's some, you know, I always say at some point I want to write this shortcut homeschool mm-hmm. uh, just to get rid of some of the, the twaddle, you know, that the, the things that we think we have to cover or we're not going to have these well-rounded children. And, um, you know, one of the things I mentioned to my kids is I did I don't remember ever finishing a textbook in school. Exactly. Um, if we got, you know, three-quarters of the way through, we were doing well. And you know, we as homeschoolers feel like not only, I'm going to tell on myself here, this year we did two sciences, two high school sciences. We did biology and we did human anatomy. And, you know, it, it was overwhelming for my kids um, to do that much that soon. Um, but those, I really wanted to get in uh, human anatomy, and um, I figured this would be great. Of course, did I did I really look at it? Uh, Stacy and plan it out um, to realize we needed chemistry first. <laughs> did I did I chat with the uh, the author who's a friend of mine, you know, Dr. J. Uh, while and uh, say, really, did you have to use such big words? <laughs> you know, like. So he was. He said to me, "You did those two in one year." I said, "Yeah, I know. We're, we'll do chemistry next year. We're only doing one science next year." But you know, it was something that I I really wanted to cover, and we actually really enjoyed the 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 unit, but um, or the the subject. But it's just you know things like that. You get these things in your head, and you want to do them. And I'm what you would call an experienced homeschooler. I've homeschooled since 1986. I should know better. Um, but you know, just every once in a while, we get these things in our head that we just have to do. So. You know, give yourself some slack and realize that during these times of crises, um, you know, you're going to have to kick back a little bit and, um, and you know, make some adjustments and then maybe do a little bit during the summer. You know, it, it's different when we work during the summer. We have some concentrated things that we're doing. It's almost like college classes where, you know, you've got chunks of time where you get a lot done. And you know we we really are enjoying it. We 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 are, and so um, you know just maybe keep that in thought. And here's one last question uh, from for the evening, and it says, um, you know, well, how does one inspire their child to want to continue homeschooling? Uh, it's funny, light in parentheses over the summer. Hmm. You know, I have to say. Inspiring my kids is not probably my strong suit. Um, I am more, um, I think that's a really important skill, but I'm more of a workhorse. Um, I just kind of get in the harness and (laughs) I push. And um, I recently heard a speaker talk about um, the challenge of giving, uh, forcing children to play piano. And it seemed um, in some ways uh, maybe, I I guess just to say it in simple terms, it seems mean to force a child who's not really interested in um, playing piano to force them to do that. 
and you know, don't we want to give them a choice? And the speaker said that um, I don't know if it was because they had been forced or because they hadn't been forced. As an adult, having been forced to play piano as a child, you actually have a choice as to whether or not you're going to play piano. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not, if you, if we don't, if we if we're worried about always inspiring, that's a beautiful thing when you can. There's some people who are so gifted. They know how to make everything fun. Even like going to the dentist can be fun. <laughs> there are other people who just know how to sort of lay it out. Like, you know, this is, I have your best interests in mind here. Um, we can look for ways to uh, make this more interesting. If there's a an area in particular that you're passionate about, you know, we can delve in. Um, actually, a dear friend, Marcy Crabtree, just wrote a wonderful resource called um, Delight, the Delightful Planner. Um, I hope I have that title right. Maybe you guys can put it in the chat box. And she talks about um, delight-directed learning. Perhaps that would be um, a resource that could help you answer that question. But I would kind of back off a little bit on being overly concerned about your students being inspired and delighted with everything that they undertake. I think mm-hmm. the reality of life is there's there's so much of life that we just have to accept and work heartily as unto the Lord with. And if we are... Um, always concerned about inspiring our children, um, we could miss that the lesson of them just learning to do something because it's required of them and it's the right thing to do. So, right. um, there was Very one good. other thing I wanted to sneak in here. Um, sure. on, our, on homeschooladventure.com, we have a blog that hopefully will become quite a bit more active in the days ahead. But right now there's a post on it that talks about our greatest fear as homeschoolers. And one of the things that, um, as I did research for this, one of the things that came up again and again was homeschoolers who were afraid that they were leaving gaps, they weren't teaching their students everything that they needed to learn. And in response to that, um, I actually interviewed a number of very successful homeschool moms. And one of them just very simply pointed out something that several of us actually acknowledge. There will be gaps. None of us can teach our students everything that they need to know. Public school teachers don't. Nobody does that. Right. And that right. you just, I mean, that's one of the hard facts of life. We're finite. We're not going to teach them all. But if we, if we train their character, if we teach them to love the Lord, if we love the Lord, so we're teaching them by our example, and if we teach them how to learn, that, you know, and, and if we can inspire a love of learning, then really they've got the tools in their uh, toolbox that they'll need to really um, fulfill the Lord's purpose for their lives. So I just think beautiful. Sneak that in. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you can, um, you know, give me the link for that um, blog post, Stacy, and I'll put that with the episode uh, 21 um, in that post with the audio. Uh, one quick question here. Um, I didn't see it here, so sorry, Carolyn. Uh, for this question, she said, I live with um, I live with and homeschool my grandchildren, boys 8 and 11, and I'm trying to transition them into a personal Bible and quiet time with the Lord. Um, haven't been able to do uh, to find the right way to accomplish this, perhaps the right devotionals for their age. We've spent about 30 minutes to an hour reading various Bible material. It's been very good, but I feel they need to begin to develop their own walk with the Lord, especially for the 11-year-old. Any advice? Uh, suggestions or thoughts about this? Well, my sons, um, tonight a door prize at our Facebook party was our Philippians mm-hmm. cards. My right. sons and I undertook to memorize the entire book of Philippians in 16 weeks. And it was a challenge that um, 
we undertook actually and Voskamp um, had kind of thrown out the challenge of memorizing either Colossians or Philippians uh, by Easter, and this was uh, the first week in January. We um, started reading the book. You can actually read the book in approximately 15 minutes, read it out loud. We did that every day, and I had the intention of making memory cards for my sons to work with to help them memorize. And when I make memory cards, it's I'm very um, particular about the way that I lay down the verses, um, rather than just you know fill up a, a line until I come to the end and then just line ra- word wrap to the next line. I'm very careful to make each line a thought, so that as you're memorizing, it's thought by thought by thought. These cards are actually um, they're doored prize and they're available to um, everybody actually. Um, in conjunction with that, well, to give you the story of what happened with my sons, um, we did competitive speech and debate, and January started our busy season. And we read the book of Philippians together every day, but I didn't get around to doing the cards until we were eight weeks into the challenge. And so it was eight of 16 weeks. We read the book every day, but they didn't have the cards and I finally got the cards made um, after determining that um, I, we weren't going to bail. I think all of us as homeschoolers uh, start things and um, experience things that fizzle out. This was one of those things that um, I came to a crossroads and I had to decide, are we pushing through or are we abandoning? And I decided, we're pushing through. I made the cards. I handed them to my sons, and I said to my sons, okay, guys, I'm really sorry, but now you only have eight weeks to memorize. Of course, in the back of my mind, I was taking responsibility for the fact that, you know, I hadn't gotten them the cards in time, and if they were unable to memorize, you know, there would be grace because I was really responsible. But I decided that before I do that, first I'm just going to, you know, give equip them and see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know within three weeks those young men had memorized the entire book of Philippians? Within wow. three weeks. Now, that was a total of 11 weeks. The key there was the fact that we read the books every day. Um, what flowed from that, though, and to really answer this question directly, um, what flowed from that is a deep understanding of the book because we were studying, we were memorizing, we were writing that on our hearts. And um, it wasn't just rote memorization. It was um, really just working with the text, having that become just woven into the fabric of our day. And um, the Philippian cards are a door prize. Um, they are actually part of a bigger resource called Philippians in 28 Weeks, Rather than trying to memorize in um, 16 weeks or 11 weeks, um, this I create a resource that spreads it out over 28 weeks. And um, it has a copywork component where each week you copy verses that are on the flashcards. You answer three questions and you reflect on what you've learned about the love of God through um, the book of Philippians that particular week. And one of the things that I have been told is that the questions in the resource are different from most um, devotional uh, resources. Um, Something about me, I'm very much where the rubber meets the road. Um, I would not be at all surprised to discover that the questions are different because um, they're very practical and they're really written from the perspective of these the people who work through this are people who are headed to stand before the Lord and give an account for how they lived their lives. And so so if that is of any help, um, if nothing else, though, those cards are uh, just, um, just to throw the challenge of um, memorizing a card a week. Um, yeah, so I hope that's helpful. Very good, very good. And and for those of you who are listening live, um, this is something that's available for those uh, who are here tonight. And uh, we'll have a link over to Stacy's um, 
and you'll get more information there about uh, how you can, um, you know, find out more information about that. And she also has a, a coupon offer uh, that has a limited time to it. So that's just one more reason to try to come live to these events if you can at all make it or at least within the first week. And we'll have um, information that will go out in our newsletter um, because it is it is available for a week. Um, and for, again, um, follow Stacy on uh, lots of social media um, links. We, again, we'll have that with episode 21 on mommyjammiesnight.com. And visit uh, Stacy's website at homeschooladventure.com, uh, as well as her blog on lovingjesus.com. Uh, Stacy, it has been a pleasure uh, to have you here tonight and to actually get to uh, speak with you tonight and uh, have um, a wonderful session with you. So enjoyed it and getting to know you and your heart. So thanks again and so much for coming and blessing us this evening. Thank you for the privilege of coming. All right. Well, God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm so happy you came to Mommy Jammy's Night. Please drop my guests a line and let them know how thankful you are that they gave their time. And follow up with me on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network Facebook page or via email. God's blessings upon you and your family. Thanks for joining us. The moderator has left.